Welcome to Life Church Podcasts. We know you'll be blessed by this message. If we could just stay here all day, couldn't we, and soak in his presence. But you know, we're about the Father's business. And um, Gary and I have the amazing and great privilege, see I'm already crying, of... Um, of ministering and uh, today's a very special day because as you probably or may or may not know Gary's had some quite serious health issues over the last um, 14 months 20 months whatever it is and uh, we've uh, we've done open heart surgery we've done a diagnosis of something called peripheral neuropathy and we've also done prostate cancer so it's just been this horrendous journey in some respects but, you know, in the midst of it, there's actually been this incredible peace. And uh, I was saying to Brian and Trude the other night, these gorgeous people over here, they've been looking after us. And uh, I said to them, it's like even in the midst of a storm, it's like there's been this incredible, incredible rest. And it's like we don't know why we go through what we go. We don't understand often what life throws at us. And to be really honest, I was actually a little bit ticked at first because I thought, Lord, haven't I been through enough? Like, oh, seriously, enough's enough. And, um, and just recently, there was a song that came out from our church and it says, Devil, no, not today. And it's like, I think it's a very specific song in the season of our nation and with what's going on, you know, politically at the moment and the, the vote that needs to go in a particular direction that we believe is, is foundational to our country and, and what we believe in as Christians. And it's like, there, there are things in your life that, that you need to stand and you need to say, enemy, no, devil, no, not today. But you know there's also things that God brings you into or allows to happen in your life for one reason or another where he has a purpose in the pain. And we don't often understand that and we just want out. We do, don't we? Don't we want to run away sometimes and say, enough, I've had enough of the aches and the pains in my body and the needles and, you know, the pinpricks and the blood tests and all the rest of it. But you know in the mix of that, one of the greatest gifts that I believe God has given us is the ability to actually be other people focused. And as a result of this journey, Gary and I have had the privilege of, of meeting people that come from all walks of life, a world that we would never have entered into because of the location of the hospital that we go to. It's in a very wealthy area in Sydney, but it's also a very high homosexual population. And, uh, and it's like, as we've gone, it's been the most incredible opportunity to just extend the love of Christ. We took my daughter in with one of the ladies that we met, took my daughter in, and she sang over this particular lady who's a Jewish lady who, who doesn't know the Lord Jesus. She knows a form of faith in her Jewish religion. And she said to me the next day when I went to see her, it was like heaven when she sang. And I thought, you know, I've just reflecting on that, I realise what we carry as Christians, what we actually take out into our communities is like heaven on earth. But, you know, we have to be other people focused. Despite the pain, we have to look beyond it and find the purpose in it and who God's connecting us to. Because eternity is a long time. Eternity is forever. And it's like we have the privilege of doing together forever. It's one of my favourite sayings at the moment. I'm so glad I get to do forever together with you. But who's not coming on that journey with us? Just very quickly, we went, um, because we've just moved in the mix of all of these health issues and everything from Port Lincoln to Sydney, and uh, I needed to do, find some pot plants so I'm a little budget hunter of pot plants and I got onto Gumtree and off I went and uh, happened across a lovely young lady who was selling these pot plants. Well, we got to visit her and just, you know, being interested in people and asking a few questions and, and getting to know who she was, found out that her husband had left her and she was having to move and sell up and she was just devastated. You know, the first thing we did, I was with my friend and the first thing we did was we said, can we pray for you? 
You know, no, I have not known anybody, not once, every time I've asked somebody, can I pray for you, they've always said yes. Isn't that bizarre? It's like, what is with that? With this secular world that we live in, people still acknowledge a heavenly father and will be prepared to pray. I tell you, every opportunity you have, invite heaven into your situation. Invite heaven into your family, into that wayward child, into your financial challenges. Whatever it is, invite heaven. And it's not easy sometimes. It's not, we all have these challenges and what have you. But this lady, let us pray for her. We brought her to church and with her nine-year-old son, they both dedicated their lives to the Lord. And this little man is is nine years old and up worshipping in church and worshipping the Lord and has such a peace on his life now because somebody dared to say, come to church. Bring somebody to church. Take heaven to the people. But bring somebody to church with you and just see the Spirit of God move in an extraordinary way. This is like a watering hole here. I felt this morning it was like this is a watering hole for the Spirit of God. And we can meet God anywhere we're at. We can. But there's something amazing when we all come together and just soak in his presence. Just amazing. Whatever you're going through today, there's purpose in the pain. Be other people focused. Be other people focused. Be God focused and let the Holy Spirit just draw you into the circumstances of your life and the people of your life because there are people in your world that only you can reach. So be encouraged. You're in for a treat this morning, I'm sure, with this man of mine. He's, uh, if he took his shirt off, which you don't, you don't want him to do that, but if he took his shirt off, you would see this great big slice down here and then it would be like Zorro. You know Zorro with his sword where he just... That's what Gary's tummy looks like. <laughs> it's amazing. It is amazing what they did with him. They put robotic arms in him and twisted and cut and... It all happened. But, you know, he's still standing. And, um, and we truly believe our best years are ahead despite the fact that we've had these, these huge issues. And uh, it's not to glorify the issues this morning, but what I'm, I'm wanting to say is, devil, no, not today. We've got kingdom business to get on with. And um, yeah, this man of mine is here today and it's a miracle. And I praise God for it because he very easily could not have been. And uh, he's got a great word for you today. So why don't you welcome him? And uh, God bless you all. Thank you, Dale and Pam. I think... Um, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like Pam. I'm not there yet. <laughs> She's so sweet. And uh, we've just loved having some time with them. And, and uh, yeah, love you. Thank you for having us and believing in us. God bless. You finished? <laughs> Joy says one more, no more. <clears throat> Once we get started in the prophetic, it's just like you can't shut her off. <laughs> Why am I limiting it to the prophetic? She just starts and you can't shut her off. <laughs> I, I just want to say how beautiful it is to be here this morning. Um, just during the worship, I thought, gee, I could just come and move to Benalla. <laughs> beautiful atmosphere. I just, um, one of the things I just want to encourage you in is that not every church is like this. You know, we grow used to what we have and, and we can get settled and uh, you guys have got something so amazing here. You ought to tell everybody, invite everybody. You know, believe in yourselves because God does. Isn't that neat? It's not. Okay, we'll close in prayer. Father, we... <laughs> listen, I can, I can finish now if you want. It's okay. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. With our whole journey, it's been, been a very interesting one. I won't take my shirt off. But... Uh, you know, you sometimes wonder why things happen, and it was really interesting. I was going down to um, x-ray for about the fifth time, and I was in hospital for 13 days doing every test known to man, I think, uh, before I had any surgery actually done. And the wheel the wheelchair in, and there's a lady sitting next to me, and we've both got our, our amazing, you know, beautifully designed hospital gown on. Air, you know those air-conditioned gowns they put on? <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there wheelchair next to wheelchair and 
And one of the things that Zell has really helped me to do is I'm the kind of guy that lots of times I just only need me, you know what I mean? Like I can be out in the bush somewhere, I'm just happy by myself. And, and she's taught me to, to understand that the reason I'm walking through this world is to touch other people. So she's just been... Zella's just amazing, honestly. She she get the cat saved, the dog saved. She just has this heart for people and anything that breathes. And and so we came up, and normally I'd get lost in my iPad or something, and I looked across and I thought, she she looks worse for wear. And uh, I just said, uh, you're not doing too well, are you? And she says, no, I'm not. And she started to tell me some of the, uh, the things wrong with her. And and she she says, oh... Uh, my name's so-and-so, I won't give you a name, and she says, you know, do you know, do you know me? And uh, I could tell she was really disappointed when I said, sorry, never heard of you, because she was a big name in Sydney, and so she said, what do you do? I said, oh, I preach around the place. So she said, oh, you're a priest, and I wasn't sure whether that was a demotion or promotion, but anyway, <laughs> I, I thought, that's, that's close enough, and uh, we've just built a relationship with her, that's really amazing. We're believing for her salvation and it's introduced us to a whole different realm of people. And, and I thought if everything I've gone through over 14 months was just for that one connection, it's been worth it. Because if I hadn't had what happened, what happened to me, I never would have been there in the hospital. So I've been in hospital, I think it's 24 times in 14 months. And, and it's just been crazy but in the midst of it all two miracles where they found things I knew nothing about and if they hadn't found them when they did I wouldn't be here today so God understands and knows everything isn't that right but I remember coming up to the I don't know why I'm sharing this it might be for somebody I feel this morning but I was coming up to the heart operation and two days before I had it they did two things to me in a hospital that I just wanted to run one was they did a biopsy of some glands uh, up here, I forget they call them, and they didn't wait for the anaesthetic to set in, so just jabbed in and twisted and pulled it out and it just about landed on the ceiling. And then that night, the nurse came in to take blood and she missed the vein altogether, <clears throat> just bang into the arm and I yelled out and I kicked her tray and all her stuff went flying across the room and she came back again I said, look, I think you better leave it, let somebody else have a go. And, and so I went through that Pentecostal thing of should I have faith for this or should I have the operation? Anyone know what I'm talking about? And of course you always have these really encouraging Christians like if you really had faith, you know, if you really had faith, you wouldn't have the operation. And so some of this stuff started to go through me and someone invited me to a prayer meeting in the Blue Mountains and I went. And it was an interesting group, probably about 40 there. And uh, during one of the, these songs, which was uh, an old Jimmy Swaggart song, while well, he was on the cross, I, well, I was on your mind, something like that. And I'm standing there and the Holy Spirit just said, lie on the carpet. And I said, you've got to be kidding. You know, I said, I don't know them, they don't know me. You know, is there another spirit around? <laughs> he said, just lay on the carpet. And, and I just thought, okay. So I just laid on the carpet. And as I was singing this song, I actually just started to cry because God spoke to me and he said, you having an operation is, is no problem to me. Don't let it be a problem for you. And it just released me from all of that pressure, you know, because the devil was saying, you're a preacher, you're a minister, you know, you can never preach on healing again if you have this operation. And you get some of these silly things. Anyone else or am I just a strange one? You know, you get, you get attacked in your mind. And, and so I went through the whole thing and, and here I am today. And I will not unbutton my shirt. <clears throat> one of the things that happened while we were worshipping is I, I, just, I just saw this field of wheat that was incredibly ripe and it, and it just was as far as the eye could see and I was looking at it and I, and I, and I thought Lord is that what you're going to do through my ministry uh, is that what's going to happen with the church and and the Lord spoke to me and uh, Jill and Alan he said to me this is Jill and Alan's field this is not yours it's not the church this is Jill and Alan's field this is the field they don't see this is the field they haven't comprehended because you felt you've been so often through a dry place. So many things have happened and you've questioned, well, you know, is this church, is this kingdom? And my life seems to be so fruitless for the amount of effort I've put in. But Jill and Alan, and it's not just for Jill, it's for you, Alan, as well. God just said, this field isn't yours, Gary. It's, it's, it's not the church's. This is Jill and Alan's field. And you need to tell them this morning that they have fruit fullness far beyond that they have ever seen and that God is pleased 
Okay, you need to know that God is pleased with your lives. God is pleased with what you've done. And you just need to be encouraged. You know, you're in the latter years of your life. Don't live with any kind of regret, any kind of question mark. God has been with you. It's been tough, but God has been with you and he's still with you. And, and what I just say as I'm speaking is, is faithful. You've been faithful. The Bible says that he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not successful servant, because in our human mind we have all sorts of things happening in what is successful. So I just wanted to share that, because I got all excited for a while, thinking, wow, that's my field, that's the new future. God said, it's not your field. So I thought, oh, well, it must be the church's field then, you know, <laughs> it must be a word for Daryl. And, and clear as anything, God said, no, this is, this is Alan and Jill's field. So I want to encourage you guys that, that all of that planting, all of that sowing of seeds has caused there to be incredible fruit. And there's, there's been an international crop, you know, and, and I don't know how that's happened or what, but that, that what you've done has had international significance. And, and your seed has gone where you've never gone personally, but your seed has gone. So, Father, I just bless this couple. Your word says, give honour to whom honour is due. And maybe I can ask you just to stand. Jill and Alan, can I ask you to stand? Maybe everybody just stand for a moment and reach your hand toward Jill and Alan. Father, we thank you for their life. We thank you for who they are. We thank you for the seed that's been planted and scattered across this nation and it's like the wind of your spirit has taken that seed to nations where they have never actually walked, but the seed has been blown by the spirit of God, by the breath of God, to lands that they have never seen and will never see, but that you see this morning. So we just bless them, and we pray, Lord, that this latter season, Lord, will be such a season of rest, Lord, of, of fresh excitement and of an understanding that you just love them so much and that you see them as incredibly faithful servants. So we bless them in your name. Everybody said, let's give them a hand, shall we? Thank you. You may be seated. Wow. I, I just want to do the same thing. I want to go back to worship and just sit down and cry for a while. <laughs> but if I do that, I may not get paid. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> just, just kidding. I want to take an interesting passage, in, and it's Luke chapter 5, verses uh, 1 to 11, for those who are spiritual. Get out your iPhone, your iPad, or whatever, or, or your Bible. That would be something interesting, isn't it? I remember one guy getting up and he says, you know, it's okay to preach from an iPad, but there's, but there's nothing like just having a Bible with pages. And, and I kind of thought, well, I think the anointing's in the Word, not what the Word's on, amen? And, uh, and so I just want to share some things. Uh, how many meat lovers do we have in the service this morning? That's all. Come on, nice and high. The meat lovers, okay. Thank you. The vegetarians? You eat meat. What are you talking about? Come out, you lying spirit. <laughs> I, I was walking down the street the other day and I saw this sign outside a butcher's shop and it said this, vegetarian is an old Indian name for bad hunter. <laughs> and, and I thought, that is just so cool. That is so cool. Vegetarian is an old Indian name for bad hunter. <clears throat> Another thing I found on the internet the other day, which is interesting, it says this, Every day I'm getting thousands of requests for car parks. You need to think bigger. You're sincerely God. <laughs> yeah, have a think about that. How many of us pray for car parks and get them? You know? And it's like God says, think bigger. I, I think we're in a season where God wants us to think bigger. To think bigger, you know? And so we're just going to read a few things here, and I trust will be a blessing this morning. I have no idea what time we finish. What time do we finish? The clock's too small. So it must mean the clock doesn't mean anything. Okay. <clears throat> so Luke 5, verse 1, it says, uh, One day while Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds passed in on, pressed in on him rather, to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left and they were washing their nets. I looked at that passage and I thought it's really interesting because 
And I've got to thank T.D. Jakes for this because it's something I had never seen in the passage. But in this passage, we're never told what Jesus preached. It just said Jesus was preaching and then there's nothing else said about what he preached. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm turning on a TV evangelist or opening my Bible or going to hear someone preach, I actually want to hear them preach. But here is Jesus. He comes and he's preaching the word to them. And what I love about this is they weren't coming for the miracles. They were coming for the word. And that was something I hadn't seen before. You ever read scripture and suddenly something comes and you think, gee, I hadn't, hadn't seen that before. I've missed that. They weren't coming for the miracles. They were coming to hear the word. Why? Because the word is all powerful. doesn't matter what we are going through. His word abides forever. Amen. And I love that scripture. It says, from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. He doesn't change. So here he's coming and he's preaching the word to them. And it's, it's like, you know, it'd be like you going to work on Monday and saying, well, what did the guest preacher preach on? And you say, um, oh, it wasn't important, you know. There was just nothing. Imagine a reporter going to a meeting to report on the preacher and then he comes back to the editor and all he does is tell them a story about a boat and fishing nets and fish and doesn't even mention the message. Why? Because the passage here itself is the message. And I just, I just love it. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching, never underestimate what one day can do to your destiny. One day. I won't try and sing it, but it's an old song, you know. What a difference a day makes. It's showing my age now. But, you know, one day, in one day, God can totally change your destiny, totally change your life, totally change your direction. One phone call can just totally change everything about your destiny. And I just want to encourage you to believe in the power and the majesty and the possibility of just one day. One day. There used to be an old song, a bit of a jingle for the uh, uh, theme parks in Queensland, and it was, don't say one day, one day will never come. You know, and, and, and it, was, it was a really great tune because you know what happens. You go to mum or dad and you say, listen, can we go to the theme park? Oh, yeah, one day. So the whole song was on, don't let mum and dad get away with one day. You know, that one day can change our life. And I think, Lord, one day can change my life. One meeting can impact you in a way that will change your life forever. You know, Zella and I were just sitting here during the worship, and I, I, she was crying, and I was trying not to because I'm a tough guy. You know, I'm a guy. Guys don't weep. No. <laughs> Boys cry when no one can see them. I must be in a singing mood. Um, and, and so, you know, I just felt the presence of God in this meeting is so amazing. It's so beautiful. You know, I wonder how many of us this morning, it was just another day rather than one day. One day. And so one day, Jesus is just preaching. He's, he's just doing his thing. He's just being normal. Jesus didn't get up in the morning and think, wow, I see a vision of two boats and I see fishermen and I see full nets. and like, wow, today's going to be a real ripper. It's going to be amazing. No, it was just another day in his life. But because he carried the presence of God, because he carried the presence of the Holy Spirit, one day was amazing. Never underestimate the difference a day can make. He said the crowds were pressing in on him. So there's two empty boats there. And, and the one thing that's incredibly disappointing for a fisherman is when you go out fishing and you come back with nothing. I remember when I first went to Port Lincoln in South Australia, the fishermen, you know, the guys who just knew where the fish were, said, we're going to take you out. You city slicker, we're going to take you out. Man, we're going to come back with so many fish. We caught nothing and hit a kangaroo on the way home. <laughs> I thought, if this is fishing, guys, forget it. <laughs> forget it. <laughs> if you're going fishing, it's about fish. It's not about the boat ride. Isn't that right? So, so here's, the, here's the disciples have come back and they've got two boats but no fish. Two boats but no fish. And Jesus comes along. And it's interesting because the Bible says he stepped into one of them. He stepped into one of them. To one of them. And then he says to Simon Peter, can we just kind of move out a little bit and 
He sat and he taught them from there. I love that. Jesus sat down and preached. Isn't that neat? We're so hung up on how things should be done. You know, during the, during the season where I'm battling this peripheral neuropathy thing, there were a couple of churches where I went to to preach and I had to sit on a stool because I, I was so wobbly. I just had to sit on a stool and preach. And a couple of those meetings were some of the most powerful meetings we had. And, and I kind of thought, like, God, what are you doing? I'm sitting down, you know. And, and, and then I read the Psalms and how it says that, that David laid down on his bed and worshipped. I thought, wow, that's a good one. I don't need to get out of bed. <clears throat> And, and so it's, it's not the position physically, it's the position spiritually. You know, it doesn't matter what you do for work or employment or anything else. It's, it's who you are. It's what God has created within you. And, and so he, they listened to the word of God. He pushed out. They pushed out. And, and the thing that he noticed before they left the shore was that they were washing their nets. They're washing their nets. And what, what that speaks of is the fact that they'd done it, hadn't worked, so we'll just wash the nets and forget it. As far as Peter and the rest of the guys, I think James and John were there if I read the scripture correctly, and, and they've got no fish and they're washing their nets. You know what that is for a fisherman? That's, that's a finality. That means the day's over, the possibility of catching fish is simply gone. It's finished altogether washing their nets. And I just want to encourage you this morning that whatever you have been through or are going through, it's okay to wash your net, but don't stay there washing it. Understand that God has stepped into your boat, into your life, and, and he's given you that anointing and that call. He stepped into your life, even though it's been empty when he stepped in. And you might have nets that are still kind of drying off and, and that God wants you to, again to, to launch out into the deep. One of the things that I battled with, I just mentioned very briefly, was the fact that you know, Satan was saying to me, if you have this heart operation, you can never, you can never preach on healing again because you, know, you just can't do that because you'll be a fake. You know? And I thought, well, it doesn't say that in the Bible anywhere. You know? And God had to speak to me about the fact I had to be careful that I didn't lay out my nets and wash them and that that was the end of my destiny, the end of my life, the end of what God had called me to do. And we can all do that in certain ways. You know, we can, we can have a marriage that breaks down or, or we can have had to have got married or, you know, we've lost our job or we've gone bankrupt or things have not gone well. And, and the first thing Satan says is, well, you can't preach that, you can't live that, you can't share that because you're a disaster. Where you were successful, now you're not. You've just got these nets drying in the sun. And so Jesus steps into the empty boat. I love that. Steps into the empty boat. Sometimes we're so full of ourselves, God has to empty what's in there <laughs> before he can step in. Isn't that right? And it says here that he stepped into one of the boats, and then he says to Simon Peter, can we just launch out a little bit? What I love about this is there were two boats... They seemed insignificant on who owned it. It doesn't matter. But Jesus just happened by accident <laughs> into Peter's boat. He gets into Peter's boat. How'd you like Peter on your team? Man, Peter just had some real pastoral care, you know. Talk about denying Jesus. He's standing outside the hall, cursing and swearing and, and, and uh, resurrection. Jesus says, go tell the disciples and, uh, and Peter. So if there's an and Peter here this morning, I want to tell you whatever you've done, whatever you've said, wherever you've blown it, God loves you, God cares for you, and he wants you to get back into that calling that's upon your life, to get back into what he's called you to do and, and go out again. I love it when he sits there and he preaches and he teaches and, and, and then he says you know, to Peter, he says, go out a little deeper. Go out a little deeper. And I, I just really believe there's a call of the Spirit that's going forward today for us to all go deeper. I want more anointing the day before I die than ever in my life. I don't want the bell curve of my life to be... And then... 
and then I finally step into heaven, you know. No, I want to have more anointing, more power, more spiritual authority. I think of old C.L. Greenwood, a little short man, fiery as can be, you know, and, and he had that fire till he died. It was just amazing. You'd, you wouldn't even go to one of his meetings unless you'd repented before you went. You know, because if you had sin in your life, you know, one woman, there was a story where one woman wanted to come out and testify about her healing and she puts her hand up and he says to her, no, you're not coming, you're, you're immoral. You're sleeping with this guy and God doesn't like it. And she no, yeah, dare you say that? And he says, don't lie to me. He said, otherwise I'll tell the people the guy that you're sleeping with. So she took off out of church. Aren't you glad this morning's not quite like that? Hang on, hang on, I'm just getting a picture. <laughs> God is just so full of grace and mercy. So he says to Peter, he says, come on, launch out into the deep. And, and in Peter's mind, the day was over, it was finished. It was the wrong time for fish, it was the wrong time for fishing. You know, they, they'd already washed their nets. Who wants to get them down in the water again? We'll have to wash them again. Like, come on, you know, are you serious? But it says, because you say so. Because you say so, I will. I wonder what God's asking you to do this morning. I wonder what things he's stirring within your spirit again. And all we need to do is relax and say, because you say so. Because you say so. Zeller and I are here this morning because God said so. I was walking through Woolworths and we haven't ministered for probably 14 months and and this is the strongest I've been for a whole week. These guys will tell you we went out for dinner last night. I was just about falling over all the time because I have no feeling in my feet or legs at all. And, and, and uh, I was walking through Woolies and I'm thinking, God, how does, how does one step back in to ministry after being out of it, you know, for 14 months? And I'm not young anymore, you know. I'm 25 now, not 21. And, uh, and I was just musing. You know how you muse? You're not sure whether it's a prayer or just a cry of the heart. And I just said, God, what happens from here on? And, and I got to that place where I, I kind of was comfortable. Lord, if I never preach again, it's okay. But I don't believe that's what you've said. But I've just come to a peace, you know, and I've just got to leave it with you. And, you know, pretty deep for Woolworths, hey? <laughs> so if you're feeling down this week, go to Woolies. Go down the chocolate aisle. Okay? I've got a fridge magnet that says, balanced diet is a chocolate in each hand. And I've got another fridge magnet that says, I'd give up chocolate only, I'm no quitter. <laughs> so I'm walking down, and suddenly the phone rings, and it's Pastor Darrell. He says, what are you doing? I said, oh, actually, I'm walking down the aisle of Woolworths. He says, oh, you know, you're well enough to be in doing any preaching or anything. And you know how he talks. I can't kind of get that drawl quite right, you know. You know, do you think you're doing anything, you know? Do you think you might be well enough to come down? And, and I don't know whether I said to him, I'm not dead yet or not, but it, is, it's kind of, it was kind of an interesting conversation. And I just said, yeah, yeah, we'd love to come, you know, and, and uh, hung up. And, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, see? See, some of you have got dreams that haven't been fulfilled yet, but God wants you to see them again in your spirit. He wants you to see. Because he's saying to those nets that are standing out there in the sun, he's saying, I haven't finished yet. Do you know what? God hasn't finished with you yet. God hasn't finished with you. God hasn't finished with the church yet. You know? I believe you had a funeral recently and the church was full. Well, I believe God wants to pour out his spirit of revival and the church be full. Amen? All this space out the back here, that's not there just to dance and have fun. And Wasn't that little girl's dancing this morning? Beautiful. Hi, sweetie, what's your name? Ava. Ava. Well, Ava, have another go. It was just so beautiful, lost in the spirit. I thought... Lord, I wish I could do that. You know, I wish I could have the freedom of a child. Zeller's saying, please don't try. <laughs> I'd be crashed on the floor. I already said to Daryl, if I fall down, mate, come and pick me up. Um, but I just thought to have that heart of a child. Jesus said, unless you become as little children, 
Unless you become as little children. I want to get back into that place where whatever he says, I just, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. So they launch out into the deep. Launch out where it is deeper, the New Living Translation says. I just want to encourage you wherever you are now, as a church or an individual, as a family, go where it's deeper. Go where it's deeper. I don't want to settle for what we have now. You know? And, and I literally thought this morning, I thought, man, I think we'll move to Benalla. This is great. I'm loving the service this morning. But there's something even deeper, something even better, isn't that right? And he's called you to do it, called you to fulfill it. And I just think that's awesome. It's awesome. So they step out into the deep, row out into the deep. You know, and, and, and before Pete actually does it, he says, Master, we've worked hard all night. It's kind of like, get a grip. You're a carpenter, we're the fisherman. Give us a break. But they did it. And as they did it, there was such a large catch of fish. The nets were beginning to break. They called over their partners, their friends. And they came in and grabbed it as well. And then their nets began to break. And Peter falls down on his knees and begins to worship and declare who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. The interesting thing here is that, is that Jesus used who they were and what they had. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus used who they were and what they had. Jesus didn't come to Peter and said, listen, I'm really looking for a tax collector here. Sorry, buddy, you miss out. No, he took Peter as he was and the fisherman. And, and to, to, to Peter, it was, it was just a boat. It, it was just a boat. But to Jesus, it was something very, very different. It was very, very different. It was his pulpit. It was his place of ministry. When Jesus stepped into that boat, there was a transitional authority taking place. Suddenly, that boat was no longer operating under the authority of natural law, but it was operating under the, the spiritual laws of God. The spiritual laws of God. And so whoever you are, whatever you are, God wants to stand in your life, to move in your life, and touch the world where you live. You know, I don't want to rave about my wife, although there's plenty to rave about, but one of the things that I love about Zella is she just shares her faith and her love with people just so easily. You know, she goes out to buy flowers on the cheap and comes back and, oh, we've met this lady and da-da-da, and I've invited them to church. And we, Next Sunday, both of them put their hand up and give their lives to Jesus. Just... That's flower power. <laughs> who we are. Who we are. I just want to encourage you in that because sometimes, you know, we don't understand that, that we're the platform Jesus wants to minister from. No matter what you're doing, no matter what your job, whether you're at home looking after the kids, that's your platform in which Jesus wants to stand and reveal his glory Reveal his heart and his spirit and his compassion and who he is. You are his platform. Not the pastor. You, each one of us, are his platform. And, and as I began to look at the things Zella and I have been through in the last 14 months and, and just, you know, the financial drain, the, the physical drain, the spiritual challenges and the whole lot, I had to realise that that my wheelchair sitting next to Michelle was God's platform. Here I am in a wheelchair, struggling with God, why is this happening to me? I believe that you're my healer. I've had miracles of healing. I know you're a healer. And here I am in this wheelchair in my, you know, air-conditioned <laughs> gown next to a woman who desperately needs Jesus, who's had such a horrific life. And I had to realize... That was the platform 
in which Jesus stood to minister to Michelle. And I'm thinking, all this for Michelle? And then I remembered the scripture how that Jesus left the 99 to go to the one. Man, that's bad mathematics. That's bad business sense. Yet that's what Jesus did because every individual means so much to him. So I just want to encourage you this morning. Let God stand in the midst of your life. Let your life be his platform. Whatever's happening in your life, let people see Jesus. What is ever happening in your life, understand Jehovah sees, Jehovah knows. And so they come back with their nets overflowing. God wants to fill this house to overflowing with people. God hasn't built this facility for it to be as full as it is now, but to be completely filled with the people of this city, the farming areas all around. The beautiful part about it, guys, is you really have something to give. You really have something to give. There's something special here, something that's real here. One of the things I love about Daryl and Pam is they're just so real. You know, they're just so real. His jokes are too real. But he's just, he's just so real. They're both just so real. I love that. We met with a couple of guys yesterday, Greg and Gina, um, from Ironbark Church and had lunch with them. And once again, just such a beautiful couple who are absolutely real. God's not looking for superstars. He's looking for you. He's looking for real. Isn't that beautiful? He's looking for real. Father, we just thank you this morning that you are looking for real. And for those who have got their nets on the shore and an empty boat and feel, what could I possibly do? This is who I am. I'm a failure. Nothing's working. There's so many things that are a mess in my life. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I just break that mentality and let them understand that you want to stand in their life and declare the kingdom of God. I don't normally do this, but if that's you, would you just stand right where you are, every eye closed, nobody looking around. If that's you, if you just feel like, God, I feel like my net's on the shore, I just feel like the things that you've spoken to me aren't happening and I don't know whether I even want to let you in my boat, let alone take the boat out from the safety net of where I am. Yeah, just while everyone's got their eyes closed, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. If you're wanting just to go out and come back with a haul, <laughs> just stand right here and say, I want to do that. I want to come back with a haul. I want to come back blessed. Come back with the blessing of God. Father, I just thank you this morning for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you want to stand in each one of our lives and bring about the purpose of God in our time. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Darren Pam, I just feel like God's saying you'll, you'll reap if you faint not. You'll reap if you faint not. I just, I just feel like the season of reaping is, is almost upon you. It hasn't actually started in its fullness yet, but I just really sense that, uh, you know, there's, there's been that breeze of the Spirit over the town and God's been preparing people to be open to God and and uh, and so I just want to encourage you you know that you'll reap you'll achieve more by doing less okay and that God's going to cause that to happen so that you can't stand up behind the pulpit and say well this is what I did this is what made it all happen you'll stand here and you'll say I don't have a clue how it happened I can't write a book on it. I don't have a clue how it happened. It just, it just happened. And, and I just really sense that with both of you. You're going to be amazed 
at what God does. I see, the, I see there being ministries raised up in the house with a great spiritual authority that are also going to release you, uh, you know, uh, just, just to come into that apostolic. I just feel you're going from pastoral to apostolic. If, you know, it's, it's like there's this pastoral role caring for the sheep and, you know, they bleat and you sort of, and you know, every time the phone rings, you get on the phone and it's time to change that. It's, you need to say, okay, I've been doing this thing for a while now. It's time for me to step into my apostolic anointing. And I just encourage you to raise up others who can do some of the counselling and stuff like that so that you can just spend time with God and rest and just see what God does. Okay? Apostolic. You know what I'm saying, don't you? Step into that apostolic realm now. Step out of pastoral into apostolic. Raise up those in the church who have a pastoral heart to begin to do a lot of the stuff that you've been doing. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a new season. The new season starts with you guys before the new season starts with the church. And it starts with you guys before the new season starts in the community because you, you have to be out in front. It's like you pick up that anointing first. You pick up that new vision first. And you need to let God just run. One of the beautiful things I loved about this morning was you were just talking about the wind. You don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. Keep that. Just just keep that spirit. Keep that heart because it's an amazing thing. And uh, you'll be able to say, look what the Lord has done. So Daz tells, how'd you do it, man? How'd you do it? Like, and I can actually get the, almost the tonal quality and everything. Of you. I don't know. <laughs> this happened. <laughs> so, Lord, I just bless them in your name. I just bless them. Thank you, Lord, for what you have for the future. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's a lady in red. You're leaning over the chair. Okay. I, I just sense there's been a lot of weeping and, and a, a lot of, you know, just like giving up almost. You know, it's. On the inside, it's like something's been dying rather than growing. And, and the Lord knows that, okay? And the Lord's going to lift the load. The Bible says that his yoke is easy, his burden is light, and it's like you're carrying something he's not asking you to carry. So you need to hand that over to the Lord, and then the joy of the Lord is going to come. But you've actually got to take it and leave it. I just see like you've taken it off, but then you've grabbed it again. You know, because you feel responsible. That's the word. Is that right? I just sense there's this word. You know, you feel responsible. You're not responsible. You need to release that to the Lord because the Lord will do it. Okay? Bible says, in his presence is fullness of joy. It's been a long time since you've had joy. Yet I see you laughing. I see the Holy Spirit coming upon you and you laughing almost hysterically with an incredible freedom. And people are going to say to you, something's changed. Something's changed. What is it? And the Bible says it was for freedom that Christ set us free. So, sweetheart, God's going to set you free from whatever that is. I pray now, right now. Jesus' name, Lord, I free her from this burden that she's carrying. Lord, that she needs to release in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You got anything? Praise God. Can we have a few minutes, Pastor? Wow, wasn't that a great word? Um, you know, I just has a, had a sense as Gary was just wrapping that up that we, we need to stir up the gifts that are within us. He, Gary said something, it's not about the pastor. It's not about somebody that's up on a platform. Jesus said, go into the world. Go into all of the world. How can we be the light if we don't go into the dark places? If we don't go into the darkness of our next door neighbor's marriage that's falling apart. If we don't go into the darkness of, of the kids that are on drugs and are feeling so overwhelmed with life and have no hope. We have the hope of Jesus within us that we can extend into the lives of people all around us if we dare, if we dare to just stir up the gift. You know you are so unique. You have a purpose. You have a particular gifting that the Father has given you. You have a gifting that the Holy Spirit's given you. And you have a gifting that Jesus Christ has given you. All of that 
so intimately knitted together in your mother's womb brought you to this particular place and time in history. And I talk about this everywhere I go because I don't think we really have an understanding of whose we are. I don't think we really sometimes can grasp what is within us and the potential that is within us to actually reach out and extend ourselves beyond our personal circumstances and the boundaries that other people often put on us and the boundaries that are just there in life. It's like, let's go beyond. Let's go beyond. And I really sense God is saying, stir it up. You're not too old. You're not too young. It's as we go out, they're going to come in. People need Jesus. They need Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So, God bless. I'll let you preach tonight. How about that? <laughs> On the way in, I said to her, do you know what? I really feel God wants you to preach this morning. She says, what? I said, sorry, I'm only kidding. <laughs> oh, God's good, hey? It's, it's, I, I kind of feel strange when I'm doing this, when I have a word for people that I know, but I, I can't not give it because I know them. Do you know what I mean? I usually say when people come and they're ministering, they Give a word for everyone on the front row and nobody else. So, I, but uh, Daryl and uh, Pam, isn't it? Jackie. I asked you and you said Pam. No, <laughs> 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 mate. You you have something very special on your life. You've got a real soft heart towards the Lord. And and I and I I just see like a. I don't know, like this, this bike that's had this huge accident and, and it, it's like something's happened in your life and then you've come out of that but you haven't quite been the same. It's like it was a bit of a train wreck, you know. And, and I just want to encourage you that God loves to take wrecks and broken things and turn them into the most amazing sculptures and works of art. I love going to some of these fairs and that, particularly in the country where guys have junkyards and, they, and they've got these amazing things they've all welded together and it's just beautiful. But to everybody else, you know, they wouldn't have even thought of grabbing it because it just looks like junk, you know. And I think the devil's been kind of saying to you at times that you're just junk, you know, you love God, but that's it, man. You, you've, you've missed it. It's, but, but you haven't, okay? You need to know that you haven't. Uh, I actually see the word special over you. There's something very, very special about you. And I think the devil's done everything he can to destroy what God has for you as, as a destiny. And, uh, yeah, just hold hands together. I just, I just feel that God's hands on you both as a couple in a very strong and very, very unique way. And I just encourage you just to begin to quietly seek God. Let God speak into your lives. Because God's brought you together. And he's brought you together for a divine purpose. It's not about just this life, but it's also about the next. And, and uh, mate, I just see you weeping in the presence of God. I just do. I just see you weeping and weeping in the presence of God. God's going to take the tears of sorrow. And he's going to turn them into tears of just peace and of joy and tranquility. I see God speaking to the storm and saying, peace be still you know it's almost like there's been seasons where you're close to God and then it's like the storm and then but God's going to step in and just say peace peace and that's going to be it you're going to have that peace it's not going to dissipate it's it's going to it's going to stay and uh yeah boy this is right out there but man I just I just felt during the worship that God said to me that you're going to preach I'm not saying you're going to be a pastor but you've got to the word of God is going to be alive in you. And, and uh, you, you are his pulpit, not, not that. You are his pulpit that he wants to stand in the midst of and begin to speak to your generation. This generation doesn't want to hear from people where everything's worked out perfect because this generation's a mess. Broken marriages, kids out of wedlock, drugs... This world's a mess, so they don't want to hear from someone who's squeaky clean and been in church all their life, never had a problem. They want to hear from someone who's been through 
stuff and has come out the other side and God holding them up and saying, this is what I can do. This is what I can do. So guys, just let God take hold of you, hold you up and say to this generation, this is what I can do. And I just see people getting saved in your, in, in your kitchen and in your lounge room. I just see people coming in and you guys just sharing Christ and your journey and, and people coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal self. They're going to come to faith in your house because your house is going to be a house of faith. And you think, what, who, me? Because even as I'm speaking, there's part of you that's, yes, yes, you're right, you're right. And there's part of you that's saying, oh, come on, come on. And, and you've got to run with the part that's saying, yeah, something in my spirit connects with that, you know, that's it's God. So God, just be with these guys. Thank you that your hand's upon them, and it has been. God's been upon your, his hand's been on your life since birth. Before you were born, the Lord says, I knew you. Okay, with both of you, what you've been through in life and stuff, before you were born, he knew you, right? He knew that you'd be sitting in this chair today with me preaching, sharing what he's given me to share with you. And that's how amazing God is. So, Lord, do you want to lay hands on him, babe? Yeah. Uh, and you've messed with my head now because I keep thinking she's Pam and I know she's not. What was it, Rachel? Jackie. I never forget her name. <laughs> I, I, I wake up in the morning and look at Zella and say, who are you again? <laughs> So, so Jackie, yeah, Jackie, you've you've got such a beautiful heart, a beautiful spirit too, and and you see, you see what your man is, you really do. You see everything I've said, you see that, and he will need your encouragement to be that because Satan will try and get him to question. You just need to say, no, babe, this is this is where we're going. This is what God has said. Okay. And, uh, and, and I actually see you being a woman of the word of God. I just see you being very strong in the word of God, you know. And, and you're going to be a great encourager to Daryl. You know, you're going to be... I got his name right. That's, that's Daryl. That's Daryl. That's Daryl. Okay, just checking. You think I'm joking, don't you? I've had people in the prayer line. I've asked them what their name is. And I've had about five sentences of prophetic... When they say, what was your name again? So... So, yeah, so I apologize that I'm ministering to people that I know. I don't usually like to do it, but this is what God's saying. So, Father, we just bless them in your name. We release the gifts of the Spirit within them in Jesus' name. I pray that they will lay hands on the sick and that they will see them recover. Pray, Lord, that as they open their mouth, it will be like the scroll of your anointing and of your word will flow out of their mouth, that other people will begin to walk on the words that they speak because those words come from a reality and an encounter with God. And so just bless them this morning in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God's good, hey? Just take a couple more minutes. Are you two together or are you just sitting together? Are you two are together? Right, just thought I'd check. <laughs> I had this word over one couple that were at the back of the church one day. Uh, and they were just about sitting on each other's lap, you know. So, so I just presumed they were together. And... and and, uh, and then they said, oh, we don't even know each other. This is the first meeting we've come to. And I thought, well, a bit of space then, please. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just see the word father over you, you know, and it's, it's like you're a father of the house. And, and you just love the kids of the house. And, uh, and you, sweetheart, I just see you weeping for people and praying for people. You have such a heart for people. And sometimes you think, God, why don't they just get it together? I don't don't know why they just can't see it, you know. And yet at the same time, you're weeping with compassion and at the same time, you want him to go, Psh, get on with it, you know. So you've got this amazing duality about you. But God loves both of you, you know, and, and you're going to know the goodness of God in the land of the living. I just see the word goodness. God's going to pour his goodness upon you, okay? Pour his goodness upon you. And uh, God's going to open up his word again to you, my friend. It's like his word's going to come alive to you and you're going to begin to see new revelation and new things from the word that are actually going to really surprise you. You're not going to think, wow, this is what, I just feel God saying this. And you're going to go to pastor and say, Pastor Darrell, God's just been, I just feel he's showing me this and he's going to say, that's exactly right. God's been showing me the same thing. So I see you like a, a team together, you know, like two bullocks together. You know, it's, it's like you're joined together in some way. 
Am I right? If I'm not, I'm going to get stoned after the meeting. But <laughs> there's more than one way to be stoned, you know, either smoke something or be a prophet. Um, so I just, I just kind of see like this thing over both of you where you're both connected and you're walking together in agreement, you know, and because you're walking together in agreement for your heart and, you know, and, and what you're believing for the church, God's just going to bless you abundantly. And I just see the thing that you're carrying is safe because you two walk together. You know, does that make sense? I just see it so strongly, walking together. There's power there. Um, there's, there's, only, there's only one thing, and that is God says that be open to new things. Okay, both of you. You both need to be open to new things because you're getting older, okay? And, and so, and I'm not having a shot at you. I just, this is really a thing from the Lord, is that you both need to be open to new things. You need to keep your heart and your spirit alive and young, you know? Um, you've got grey hair, he's got none, but, you know, be young. Be young in your thinking. Be young in what you're wanting to happen with the building and everything. And I just love what you're doing. But it's like your youth shall be renewed like the eagles. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Okay, so that means God wants to renew some of the strength that's been lost because of the journey. Because church life isn't easy. You know, people who think being a Christian's for wimps, I think, man, you don't have a clue it's a lot harder to be a Christian than not be one. But I, I just see that God's saying, let your youth be renewed as the eagles and have eyes that can see for the new as well. Okay? Where's she gone? Oh, you're there. You got anything? Are you waiting on one or you've got one? You're waiting on one. Okay. Can we have five more minutes? It's half past 11. I promise to finish by 12.30. <laughs> um, you've kind of got reddish hair or it looks like it anyway in this light but I, I just the Lord just said to me fire there's a fire that burns within you there, there's, there's, there's something that God is just going to breathe on where this little flame becomes a fire that consumes you God's going to give you a, a vision actually of something he's wanting to do through you and it'll be that anointing, that fiery anointing, you know. And, and I, just, I just see you kind of really full of energy of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's, you know, I don't know what you're like in the natural, but I just see you kind of doing stuff all the time, you know. It's kind of, and, and the Lord's just saying you need to slow down a little bit on some of the things that you feel need to be done. It's like with Mary, you know, when Jesus came into the house and Martha was doing all this stuff. And Mary says, it ain't fair, you know. Martha says, it's not fair, you know, Mary needs to come and help me. And, and in the New American Bible, it says something very interesting. It says, few things are necessary, but really only one. And Mary has chosen the best part. So in the midst of your busyness, because that's who you are, you're creative, you're a thinker, and in the midst of that, have this kind of like a cave, a prophetic cave that you get into and just still your spirit, still your heart, because he's going to breathe you know, if you, if you remember that when the prophet went into the cave, there was an earthquake and the rock split and noise. And then that says, and then there was the sound of a gentle blowing, just a. You have yet to hear the gentle blowing to the depth God is wanting to speak to you. It's not a criticism, it's an encouragement that there's more, but you do need to just have that time with God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I'm just looking for the lady that was playing the keyboard. No, no, not Christy. No, I'll, I'll come to you, but tonight. Um, over the end. Ah, there you are. Hello. What's your name? Lorraine. Lorraine, God's going to do something really significant in your life that is going to be like this weight that's going to be lifted off you where you're going to begin to walk in a newness of life that you've never known before. And it was, like it, it, was all, it's, it was almost like there was this cloud that I could see. And it was like it's just the Holy Spirit coming in. And as the rain comes, and I believe the rain's significant today, that's going to pour over your life, that he's going to dissolve that heaviness. There's something quite specific that worries you, it concerns you, there's an anxiety about it, and God is saying, no more. No more. Let it go. 
Whatever that is, he's speaking to it today and he's saying no more. Let the rain come. Let the rain of his presence just take you on this journey because what he's got for you in the future represents a father's heart. There's something quite significant that the love of the father where people are going to see you and say, my goodness, there's a joy, there's a lightness, there's something different about this girl that is going to represent the father's heart for the people that he's called you to touch. You, you're a beautiful woman. There's a, very, a real softness. I think sometimes there's an exterior that people see and they don't understand actually the softness of your heart. But you have a soft heart and the Father loves that and he just wants to use it in an extraordinary way and he wants you to know that he's raining his presence on you like never before that you're going to go walk into something quite new. And I don't know if that represents career or job or... I, I don't know what it is. It's just that this... I just keep getting this word newness of life. It's like there's this newness of life that God's calling you into where you're going to just have this presence that emanates from you and people are going to say, wow, what's going on? What's going on? Joy. Joy comes in the morning. God bless you. Yeah. I just kind of feel that this church is almost like, you know, one of the best kept secrets in town. And the thing that's coming to my spirit is be bold and be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. And just believe in yourself, because Jesus is within you. Do you understand what I mean? We have to believe in ourselves in that sense that Christ lives within and we have something to give. And so, yeah, I just want to encourage you. When you're walking down the street, just say, God, everywhere I step, let healing oil be where my footsteps are. Open opportunities to share Jesus. Amen. Father, we just thank you. We're going to sing a worship song and then we're just going to close and hand it over to Pastor. Thank you for coming out this morning. Thanks for that little bit of extra time. And uh, hopefully we'll see you tonight. Or we'll have a barbecue. <laughs> You've been listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, head to lifechurchbanella.com.au.